Sound of Football with your host, Colin Summer, brought to you by WHIP. What is going on, guys? It is Down to Football back with another episode. Hope you guys are doing well. I know I am. We have hit February, and you know what happens when we hit February. The Super Bowl is just right around the corner, but first we got to take a brief intermission for Pro Bowl weekend, of course. Uh, I'm not really going to talk about the matchup quite yet because I want to bring that to you guys in a short episode prior to the Super Bowl just a couple days before. Uh, I needed to split it into two because I had some other things I wanted to talk about. So for this week, you know, we'll do a recap of Championship Weekend, uh, the Bengals Chiefs game and the Rams 49ers game, of course, always bringing you guys recaps. Uh, Some breaking news, crazy breaking news, actually, don't want to get into that yet. And then the NFL Honors Awards Part 2, we did Part 1 last week with Fantasy Player of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, and Coach of the Year. And then we also have uh, just a bit of a preview uh, of the stakes in the Super Bowl of two of the quarterbacks that are competing and and their timelines and what has happened. Uh, But for this week's episode, let's just jump right into it. So first we got the recap. Uh, We're going to go with the Bengals-Chiefs game first because that was the first game played. Uh, 3 o'clock on Sunday, great game, enjoyed it so much, thrilling, I've been riding with the Bengals all the way, and they have been a pleasant surprise, didn't get the score prediction right, but did get the, the matchup right, the Bengals do win this one, and I'm very, very happy about that. Patrick Mahomes in this game goes 26 of 39, about a 66% completion percentage, or 67, just right around there, only 275 yards, which seems a little bit low for him. Uh, three touchdowns, solid. He did have two interceptions, one in overtime. Uh, that was extremely costly. And then Jarek McKinnon, again, he has been a present surprise, surprise for the, the Chiefs throughout the playoffs, uh, even though the Chiefs are not out of the playoffs. He had 12 carries for 65 yards and also three catches for 30 yards. I'm not really sure what they're playing with Clyde Edwards-Alaire is because uh, he's a very talented running back, but Jarek McKinnon has been pretty efficient uh, throughout the entire playoffs. So I'm wondering what they do with a running back situation next year because they have a good amount of options. I'm just not sure what direction they want to head in. Travis Kelsey had 10 catches for 95 yards and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill, 7 catches for 78 yards and a touchdown. Miko Horman also had a decent postseason he had two catches or two carries for 18 yards. He also had three catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. The defense only had one sack and one interception. It was a pretty mediocre day for their defense. Honestly, that's probably the reason why they didn't win. I mean, the Titans came fresh off, or the Bengals were fresh off of watching the Titans have a nine sack game and a very close game against the Titans. Uh, obviously, the Chiefs' defense isn't as good, but you would hope it would be good enough to keep them. Uh, you know, above the Bengals in scoring throughout the entire game because the Chiefs' offense is, is one of the most potent in the league. But not the case. On the flip side of things for the Bengals, we got Joe Shicey, Joe Burr, 23 of, I believe that was 38. I wrote 28, 23 of 38 for 250 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. It wasn't a great day from him, but he, when he needed to get it done, he got it done, and that's what matters. Joe Mixon, 21 carries for 88 yards. He also had three catches. For 27 yards, solid day from him. I did say in my prediction that he would have 100 scrimmage yards. And then we also have T. Higgins. He had six catches for 103 yards. Jamar Chase had six catches for 54 yards and a touchdown. I did say Jamar Chase was going to have a touchdown, but he did not have the 100 yards that I thought he would have. Samaj P. Ryan didn't have a single carry. 
Even though he's a running back, he did not have a single carry, but he did have three catches for 43 yards and a touchdown. And then the defense had four sacks and two interceptions, uh, and I'm giving the MVP of this game to the defense as a whole. With the four sacks, the two interceptions, the the big-time interception in overtime, uh, there was also a massive, massive sack uh, during regulation, I believe, that, that was huge, absolutely huge. It prevented the Chiefs from scoring a touchdown, and they ended up having to kick a field goal, I believe. Uh, so, so absolutely massive from them. Uh, they also had two tackles for loss throughout the game, five QB hits, and then 71 total tackles. So they were really wrapping up defenders in this one. Great game from the Cincinnati defense. Great game, you know, all around. Money McPherson, Evan McPherson, the kicker for the Bengals, had another great day. Uh, just tr- truthfully, a really fun matchup to watch. And I really hope the Bengals win the Super Bowl. I'm riding with them. And then for the other game, we got the Rams and the 49ers. The Rams take this one 22-17. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, is not very good in my opinion. He went 16 of 30 for 232 yards and two touchdowns with one pick. But simply, I just don't think he is a starting quarterback. That is under a 60% completion percentage, just over 50%. Not good, especially in that, that big of a matchup. They needed him to perform, and he just didn't show up. Debo Samuel kind of did his typical thing, not really much on the ground. He had seven carries for 26 yards on the ground, but he did have four catches for 72 yards and a touchdown. Elijah Mitchell, again, relatively stuffed. I mean, the, the entire running game was pretty much stuffed the entire um, the entire matchup. 11 carries for 20 yards, not much there. He did have three catches for 50 yards, so kind of made up for, made up for it through uh, the air. Brandon Ayuk had four catches for 69 yards. George Kittle had two catches for 27 yards and a touchdown. The defense only had two sacks and one interception. This was not a very big defensive game from either team. It might seem like it. Well, it was a defensive game because there was only 37 points scored, but there wasn't a lot statistically to talk about in terms of like turnovers and sacks. Just, Just not much there for either team. But Matt Stafford had a quality day, 31 of 45 for 337 yards, about a 67% completion percentage. He had two touchdowns and one interception. The interception, I believe, was uh, earlier in the game. Cam Akers and Sony Michelle, both running backs again. Running backs just in this game as a whole, not doing very much. They had a total of 25 touches for only 62 yards. That's including, uh, I believe, two catches between the two players. And... Just again, 25 touches for 62 yards. It's under three. Well, it's like about two and a half yards uh, per play. Just not what you want from your running backs. You're going to need more efficiency if you want to win the Super Bowl. But Cooper Cup doing his usual thing. Not really shocked there. 11 catches for 142 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, whew. Guy has been a baller all season. Him and Matt Stafford have a very special connection. Odell Beckham kind of having a resurgence with the Rams. Uh, it was He was doing well during the regular season, catching a lot of touchdowns, but the yards weren't there. Uh, but, man, nine catches for 113 yards. Uh, he put on a show in this game. He had a very good game. I mean, it's a 100-yard game, near 10-catch game, nine catches. Very, very solid from him. And then Kendall Bland. Uh, not a lot of people probably know who Kendall Bland is, but he is the backup tight end or the tight end two for the <clears> – <throat> For the Rams, excuse me. Uh, Tyler Higby got hurt earlier in the game. Uh, hurt his knee. Uh, and I saw some reports he might be able to play by the Super Bowl. It was something with his MCL. They had encouraging news. But Kendall Bland, not that he had like some crazy stats. But being thrusted into the tight end one role. 
uh, you know, having having to do blocking duties, but also having five catches for 57 yards. And again, it's not anything crazy, but it's something to be mentioned because, again, thrusting him in that role, you probably haven't heard his name throughout the season, probably no one has. And that's a very solid stat line, so good for him. And then the defense only had one interception. That one interception was big. Um, but no sacks, just not much, not much from the Rams' defense. And then, then the the MVP of this game, I mean, is Cooper Cup. I mean, what else is there to say? The 11 catches, 142 yards, and the two touchdowns. I mean, kind of speaks for itself. This has been kind of an encapsulation of his entire entire season. So, I'm not really shocked. But those are your two Super Bowl, or those are your two uh, championship weekend winners moving on to the Super Bowl. So it will be a Rams versus Bengals Super Bowl. I think America wins because a lot of people didn't want the Chiefs to win and a lot of people did not want the 49ers to win. Uh, And the reason being, a lot of people like Joe Burrow. A lot of people have been riding with him. A lot of people like Jamar Chase. So a lot of people wanted to see this kind of underdog story, really, really young roster kind of blossom. And they're already making the Super Bowl, so it's pretty crazy. And then you have the Rams. I mean, they just acquired Matt Stafford. While they do seem like a super team in a lot of ways, in essence, but the key here to why people want the Rams to win is because of Matt Stafford. And and I love Matt Stafford. He's a great quarterback. He always has been. But my God, was he just so terribly down bad when he was on the Lions. I mean, it it was a shame. His only bright spot was Calvin Johnson, and that's a massive bright spot, but they couldn't win. I mean, that's the least I can say, or the most I can say. They just didn't didn't win. The Lions have not been a good franchise in quite some time, so I'm really happy to see Matt Stafford finally make the Super Bowl. Moving on, that is our recap. Again, Rams... Bengals Super Bowl, going to be a good one. But moving on, breaking news. This was official yesterday uh, after some speculation that reports were wrong. Adam Schefter jumped the gun, blah, blah, blah. Tom Brady retires after 22 seasons. Wow. Now, my thoughts on all this, uh, I'm really shocked, actually. I'm really, really shocked considering, I mean, I'm going to be talking about his stats uh, relatively shortly, but I don't want to spoil, without spoiling anything, but I mean, he had the most attempts this year, he had the most completions this year, he had the most touchdowns, I mean, like, I could go on, he, he, he still had a high caliber MVP type season, and I know he's got a family. I know, you know, he's going to be 45 soon, and he wants to take care of his body, and he wants to be careful, and I and I totally understand that, and I absolutely 100% respect his decision. I mean, he's been around the game for 22 seasons, for 22 years. I mean, think about that. Um, this isn't really hitting me as hard as Breeze did, uh, solely because I'm a Saints fan, so when Breeze retired, it, it really hit. I mean, he's been my inspiration, but as somebody who's loved who whose love for football came at the beginning of this Brady Breeze era well more so the Breeze era in in New Orleans but um and they kind of tie those two the two era together or the two players era together uh actually it's it's a couple of players that I'll mention in a moment but 
just crazy. I mean, 22 seasons, seven rings, the accolades, which I'll mention in a moment. I mean, what a career. It hits because he's part of my generation, and he's going to go down. He is the greatest quarterback of all time, and he's arguably the greatest football player of all time. You know, he's got the stats, he's got the wins, he's got the, the rings. It's very, very hard to argue against it. But let's just go through some of his accolades. I mean, wild. So he is first all time, number one, number one overall all time in passing yards, passing touchdowns, wins, win percentage, Pro Bowls, Super Bowl appearances, Super Bowl wins with seven, Super Bowl MVPs, conference championship appearances, playoff yards, playoff touchdowns, playoff wins. And there's so many more things that he is just, maybe not even one, but top five in, but just, and you know, I'm waiting for the people to say, oh, well, that's product playing 22 seasons. Yeah, well, you should, the fact that he was able to play 22 seasons and end the way he did, I mean, incredible, uh, astonishing, uh, and something I'll never forget. Uh, he helped me love football, not the same way Breeze did, but just that competitive ego he's always had, uh, and the fire he's brought to football. Uh, it sucked when he came to Tampa Bay because I knew it was going to be trouble for the Saints. But overall, I mean, just grateful, grateful that he was part of my timeline uh, and my love for football. And this marks, uh, especially after Ben Roethlisberger retired, I think. This is kind of the group of quarterbacks we all mentioned together when we think of this Brady era. We we bunch Brady, Breeze, Manning, or Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, and Phillip Rivers all in this one bubble. I think Aaron Rodgers comes a little bit later, in my opinion. But man, officially the end of an era. I mean, it's crazy to think about time flies. I mean, Brady, 22 seasons. That's just wild. I'm not trying to trying to linger that out. I'm not trying to uh, really continue to say that, but, I mean, it's just crazy. Think of that. It's football. It's physical. There's people who literally have gotten paralyzed playing football. And this guy, as a, I mean, he's a quarterback, so obviously it's not as hard-hitting, but, I mean, he still takes some hits. But 22 seasons playing this physical sport, and then ending it with the season that he had. I mean, to anyone who thinks that he is not the greatest quarterback of all time, you can direct them towards me. It would be absolutely absurd to think that he's not the GOAT. I mean, he is the GOAT. There's no questioning that. And I just want to put that out there. But I don't want to keep keep dragging this out any longer. Brady, 22 seasons, officially retires. The accolades, the rings, the inspiration he brought to so many football fans. Thank you, Tom Brady. Now, moving on. Uh, it seems like I'm going to stop talking about Tom Brady, but I'm not. So, we're going to move on to the NFL Honors Awards Part 2, where we will be talking about the MVP Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and then the Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year as well. So first off, the MVP, I'm going to say that it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. I think that's the likelihood here. 
Uh, although I think it might be a little bit closer than people think. He had 16 games started. I'm just going to go over like kind of his, his season summary here. Uh, he had 16 games started. He went 13-3 and in those games. Uh, he had 366 completed passes to 531 attempts. That is a very solid completion percentage. That is for 68.9% completion percentage. Great, great stuff. 5,115 passing yards, not not a ton, not a ton, but although if he did start 17 games, he might be around that that uh, 4-5 mark. 30, 37 touchdowns, 4 interceptions, that's the best ratio in football this season uh, for qualified passers. Wild, I mean, that's wild. Uh, that's kind of what Aaron Rodgers has always been known for, is his crazy touchdown-interception ratio. He had an 111.9 rating. Uh, good for the league lead, and he also had a 69.2 quarterback rating, uh, also good for the league lead. Uh, he was a first-team All-Pro and a Pro Bowl selection. Uh, his stats, I mean, again, kind of speak for themselves. He's up there. Uh, he's definitely, I think he wins MVP. Again, don't think it's as close as people, or I do think it's closer than people think it is, but I do think that Aaron Rodgers ends up with it. And then my runner-up, I'm only doing runners up, runner up for the MVP and the Offensive Player of the Year because some of these other guys get mentioned twice. So I'll explain in a moment. But Tom Brady, uh, he comes in second for me, and it's crazy because he's retiring, and this is kind of what I was going towards. He played 17 games this season, started all, started every single possible game, went 13 and four. He led the league in completed passes with 485. He led the league in attempts. With 719. And this is kind of what I was getting to. Saying that he was ending on such an insane season. He had a 67.5 completion percentage. I mean, not too far off from what Aaron Rodgers was. Not as good. But really not that far off in the grand scheme of things. He led the league with 5,316 passing yards. And 43 touchdowns. 43 touchdowns and 5,316 passing yards, both good for the league lead. And this is his tw- that was his 22nd season. Crazy. Crazy the note he's going out on. Wow. Uh, he did have 12 interceptions. I think that's what kind of separates him and Rodgers is just the interceptions and that ratio. And then his rating was a bit lower. He had a 102.1 rating. But his QBR was not very far off from Rodgers. Uh, he had a 68.1 QBR. Uh, and then he was obviously second team all pro and had a pro bowl selection. Um, again, think it's a lot closer than people think it's going to be. Uh, I do think Aaron Rodgers should win it. Uh, and I'm hoping there's not really any biases considering that it's Tom Brady's last season. So do they kind of just throw him a bone and give it to him since it's it's his retirement year? Um, so I'm kind of monitoring that. I'm very curious to see what comes about that. And then I have some honorable mentions. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Matt Stafford, I think all deserving uh, of some comments or consideration for MVP. I don't think they win it. I don't think they come close, frankly, but I think that their names should be thrown in there at least. Offensive Player of the Year. I think it goes to Cooper Cup. Uh, he was the Triple Crown winner. Uh, that, if, For those who might not know what the Triple Crown is, led in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. Some of his uh, 17 games started. 191 targets, which I don't believe led the league. Or I could be wrong, but it should have. 
But when I was researching stats, they did not have that highlighted. So I'm not sure if he led the league in targets or not. Very interesting. Might have been Kelsey. I'm not sure. But definitely interesting. He did lead the league, though, in, with 145 receptions out. One thing I want to point out, look, he played 17 games. He had 145 receptions. Michael Thomas had 149 receptions in 16 games. There has to be, uh, and I'll explain it when I get to the defensive player of the year, there has to be some some line. Like, Where do you draw the line uh, for these records? think you just got to start a whole new history book 17 game season era what is it really that hard if he had 149 receptions and tied michael thomas you could say okay he set the record he didn't tie he set the record for 17 games is that really that hard to understand uh apparently a lot of people don't understand that um and I think you just have to have historians kind of go back in time and go through the stats and and kind of separate things from eras, but there are people like that who are designated, that like that is their job, that is literally what they are supposed to do. Um, Not the point, however. 145 receptions, good for the league lead. 1,947 receiving yards, good for the league lead. Uh, Came close to Calvin as well, Uh, Calvin's record. He had 13.4 yards per catch, 16 touchdowns, Good for the league lead. He had 114.5 yards per game. Good for the league lead. A 75.9 catch percentage. Wow. That's solid. Catching every three out of four balls. Uh, first team all pro. Pro Bowl selection. Uh, I think it has to go to him. I mean, the fact that he won the Triple Crown, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I think it should go to him. Um Although I'm really, really sold on number two as well. I think it's going to be a toss-up because both of them had marvelous seasons. Jonathan Taylor, 17 games started. This is my runner-up. 332 carries for 1,811 rushing yards. The efficiency, the yards per carry, wild. That is over, I believe, five yards per carry, just under six. Through 332 carries, wow. I just want to point that out there that not often do you have a guy rush for 1,800 yards and have an average of over five yards per carry. That does not happen often. 18 rushing touchdowns, good for the league lead. Also, the three 332 carries and 18, 11 rushing yards, good for the league lead. He had 106.5 rushing yards per game, good for the league lead. 51 targets in the in the uh, catching or the passing game. 40 receptions for 360 yards, and then two more receiving touchdowns. He had a total of 20 touchdowns, 2,171 scrimmage yards, good for the league lead. And a first-team All-Pro and Pro Bowl selection, I think this is going to be really close. Really, really, really close. I bunched them together, I believe, for Fantasy Player of the Year. And just looking at what they lead in and their stats and their efficiency and so on, it's gonna be it's gonna be really close. Moving on to defensive player of the year, uh, and this is kind of what I was talking about. Like, where do you draw the line? The 17 games started, so you have, so uh, defensive player of the year is T.J. Watt. I don't think there's any arguing it. So I'm gonna go backwards here a little bit and just start with the sacks. He had 22 and a half sacks. NFL record, good for the league lead. Now, a lot of people will tell me or comment on social media, 
No, no, he did in 17 games. He did in 17 games. You have to look at the player's stats and what the player has done and how many games the player has played. While it is a 17-game season, TJ Watt had 22 and a half sacks in 15 games started. 15. Okay. People seem to not really do their research. So people saying, oh, it took 17 games. It took 17 games for him to get 22 and a half sacks. No, it actually took him one less game than Michael Strahan. So please, people, do your research. He has the NFL record, and he did it in one last game. But I digress. He also had seven, seven pass deflections, five forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, uh, 64 total tackles, 48 of them solo, 21 tackles for loss, good for the league lead, 39 QB hits, 52 pressures. He was a first-team All-Pro and a Pro Bowl selection. Um... And then some honorable mentions, Trayvon Diggs, J.C. Jackson, Miles Garrett. And then uh, my second place finish for Defensive Player of the Year is actually my Defensive Rookie of the Year winner. Uh, so that's why I didn't really put him in the honorable mentions because he's going to win his own own award. And he's going to come in second for Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Michael Parsons, phenomenal season from him. A uh, huge bright spot for the um, for the Cowboys. Started 16 games this season. Had three pass deflections, three forced fumbles, 13 sacks, 84 total tackles, 64 solo, 20 tackles for loss, 30 QB hits, 30 as a rookie, 47 pressures, first team all pro, pro bowl selection. Uh, and the thing I really want to talk about here is his versatility. I mean, he got he was everywhere on the field. Uh, you could catch him in coverage, you could catch him blitzing, you could catch him spying, really really doing everything, uh, they kind of just said, all right, you do you, Micah, and he did, and he's going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year because of it, and he's probably going to come in second for Defensive Player of the Year, I mean, fantastic season, fantastic season, uh, some honorable mentions, Adafi Owe of the Baltimore Ravens and Patrick Sertain the second of the Broncos, both had great years, and then our Offensive Rookie of the Year, no question, Jamar Chase. 17 games started, 128 targets, 81 catches, 1,455 receiving yards. Good for the record. Uh, But it was 17 games. And Justin Jefferson, I believe, did it in 16. So, again, where do you draw the line? A a whole lot of craziness. A a A lot to process lot to process. Um, but I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure he did it in 16 games. I could be wrong, but I'm like a thousand percent sure he did it in 16 games. Uh, and then kind of just tacked on a few extra. But someone can correct me. I'm, I'm pretty sure. 13 touchdowns. 13 receiving touchdowns. Good for the rookie lead. Uh, receiving yards. Good for the rookie lead. Catches. Not good for the rookie lead. That one goes to Jalen Waddle. He had 18 yards per catch, 63.3 catch percentage. Second team all pro as a rookie and a Pro Bowl selection. Great year. That is your offensive rookie of the year. I think it's probably not going to be unanimous, but 100% should be Jamar Chase. And then honorable mentions got Mac Jones. Uh, I think given the circumstances, uh, I mean, he is a rookie just like anyone else. But under Bill Belichick, not the greatest weapons in the world. Uh, 
kind of relying on the defense. Had a very, very good year. Uh, I think he's got a bright future. Jalen Waddle, again, great season. Uh, got a bright future. Uh, it's going to be weird down in Miami uh, with the whole Brian Flores situation. Also, I should have brought that up with breaking news, but uh, it's still kind of fresh right now. Um, but, yeah, Jalen Waddle, I think he's got a bright future. And then Najee Harris could have had a better season. Uh, cumulative stats are there, but the, the efficiency is just not. Efficiency was terrible. It could be a product of the Steelers' offensive line and how bad they were this year. Um, but overall, very solid rookies, but this one goes to Jamar Chase. Uh, I'm going to backtrack a bit uh, just because I brought up Jalen Waddle and the Miami Dolphins, uh, and I want to talk about Brian Flores. So Brian Flores is currently suing the NFL, uh, and I believe uh, three teams specifically, the Giants, Broncos, and Dolphins for uh, – racist hiring practice head coach hiring practices uh, and this all really stems from the Bill Belichick tweet for those who may have seen it if not I would look it up but essentially Bill Belichick jumped the gun and accidentally uh, so he was texting Brian Flores saying congratulations like I heard in New York that you're their guy blah 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 uh, and it was before he even had his interview um, and then he goes, oh, let me reread this. Uh, it's actually Brian DeBall. And uh, basically, they had already picked out DeBall to be the head coach before Flores even even had his chance to do his interview, um, which is wild. And I think a very, very similar situation occurred with the Denver Broncos and um, them hiring someone else. So just really interesting stuff. Uh, I hope it goes well for Brian Flores, and I love his commitment to uh, this lawsuit because he said, uh, I understand my coaching career is at risk, but uh, there needs to be change, and I absolutely 100% respect, 100% respect uh, the push he's trying to make. And, and we did just start Black History Month, so just seeing this all unfold in the time period that it's happening, uh, crazy stuff, but um, I, I, you know, I'm siding with Brian Flores. I do think there needs to be a change. I think... Not to be controversial, but I think that when you're hiring someone, yes, it should be the most qualified person and the best suited person, but there can't be situations like what happened with the Giants and the ball. I mean, <clears throat> that's messed up. That's really messed up. Not even informing that, you know, you're still going to go and do the interview and it doesn't even matter. I don't like that. I'm not a fan of that. That's kind of messed up. <clears throat> but, oh, excuse me. Hope it goes well for for Flores. I, I again, I like what he's doing. I think there needs to be um, needs to be some change. Uh, you know, there's the the Rooney Rule has been around, uh, and I don't think it's necessarily necessarily done much. Um, and a lot of people would say it sets us back or it, it propels us forward. And there's controversy and and so on. But if Brian Flores is not a head coach on any team. Uh, something is wrong. I don't think he should have ever even been fired from the Dolphins. Uh, I think he should have still been the coach. I, I'm just shocked. It's a big situation, massive lawsuit. So um, I'll try and keep you guys updated on that. But that is it. Uh, so we've gone through the recap with the Bengals, Chiefs, Rams, 49ers. We've gone through breaking news with Tom Brady. We've gone through our honors awards with the MVP, Offensive Defensive Player of the Year, and Offensive Defensive Rookies of the Year. And now, I'm not really going into predictions uh, for the Super Bowl, more so just the stakes at hand for the two quarterbacks involved. Um, One's timeline is a lot, and one's is a little less. So, for Matt Stafford, after 13 seasons being traded to the Los Angeles Rams, Matt Stafford will be competing for his first Super Bowl win. 
in his home stadium at SoFi in LA. So he does have home field advantage, although it is a brand new home field to him, at least for this year. I would not mind seeing him win a Super Bowl, but I'm rocking with the Bengals. You know that. But a lot of people think Matt Stafford deserves this. I think he deserves it too. It's just tough. Tough knowing how much of a fan I am for Joe Burrow. I won't be mad. Put it that way. I won't be mad. But, I mean, this guy has been grinding for years. He's been a warrior. Has played through... Has had some awful injuries. When you think about it, he has had some brutal injuries. Uh, Has been part of a poverty franchise for so long. Finally gets out. Goes to a team that's that's now in the Super Bowl. Uh, So, man... Man, oh man, is this a high-stakes matchup for both teams, or for both quarterbacks, at least. And then Joe Burrow. My guy, Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. Uh, Y'all you, you know I'm a Saints fan. Uh, I've always been a Saints fan. I love LSU. Love Joe Burrow. Straight up. Simple as that. But here's his timeline. He was a three-star recruit. Okay. And then he spent two years as an OSU backup. Out there in Ohio State, you know what OSU is. And then never got the starting job. I believe Dwayne Haskins actually won it over him. Uh, Then he transferred to LSU. And at LSU, he had a good year. Not a great year the first year there. He had a good year. And then he won the Heisman the year after. And And during that season, he had arguably the greatest quarterback season in college football history. I mean, I mean, wow, you know? And then he became a national championship, a championship, became a national champion after winning the championship against Bama. This is already a lot. And I also, and the last line of this entire thing is going to, is just absurd. And then he was the number one overall pick in, in the 2020 NFL draft. And then he started out having a, a, what looked like a promising rookie season. You knew that the offensive line needed to be fixed up. <clears throat> but he tore his ACL on a freak play uh, where Chase Young tackled him. Uh, it was a shame. Uh, but now it's 20. It comes back in 2021. Absolutely balls out. Had a great season. Great season, to say the least. And after balling out in 2021, he won the AFC North. And then after that, he won the AFC uh, after defeating the Titans and the Chiefs in the playoffs. I believe, was it the Titans? No, the Raiders, Titans, and then Chiefs. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it was three teams. Then won the AFC, and now he's going to the Super Bowl. This is how to summarize everything. He could be the first quarterback in history, not college football, not NFL, in history, just general history. To win the Heisman National Championship in the Super Bowl. And the crazy part about that is that he could do it in a three-year span. That would be wild. Absolutely absurd. That is it for this episode. Uh, Just a lot. So much. So much to cover. And I, I try my best, guys. Try my best. But those are the stakes. Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford. Facing off, Offensive Rookie of the Year, my prediction. Jamar Chase, Defensive Rookie of the Year, my prediction. Michael Parsons, Defensive Player of the Year. TJ Watt, Offensive Player of the Year. Cooper Cup, MVP Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady retires. Rams move on to the Super Bowl. Bengals move on to the Super Bowl. It has been a wild week. 
Uh, and I love bringing you guys all this information. I hope you guys have enjoyed. I know I have. And next week we will get into some predictions for the Super Bowl and maybe talk about the upcoming draft in April a little bit. Uh, but until next time, I hope you guys are all well. But you know I just have one last question for you. Are you down to football? Are you down to football?